0: and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
1: I just want to thank Apostle for the opportunity to stand before God's people. And I want to thank the intercessors Those that pray. They're rarely seen. But the word tells us. That the future belongs to them. That says they're powerful. So thank you. Thank those that prayed for this service. I. uh, was writing myself a note to remind Sister Julie that I would be preaching this morning. And I wrote, this is what I wrote. I wrote, let, let Julie know that I am preaching Sunday. And it came out in capital Letters. I am has already showed up and preached this Sunday. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) The great I am has already showed up. The title of this word is Trust God in the Process. Trust God in the process. You know, we all, have a, we all have a destiny. We all have a plan. God has a plan for each one of us. Because when you look at Psalms 70, I mean, I was fixing to give you a page number. Psalms 139. Let's look at that. Psalms 139. Let's see what God says about us. Psalms 139, verse starting 16, says, Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, and in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they are more than the number of the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. God wrote a book about each one of us. The pages are not blank. He has a destiny. He has a purpose for each one. But to fulfill that purpose, we have to trust God in the process. Because the book has a beginning. The book has an end. But we have to trust him from page one to where it says the end. We have to trust him in that. The word trust, when you look it up in the dictionary... It means to believe in the reliability, the truth, the ability, and the strength of something. And in this case, it's God. That's what we're looking at. I've got some scriptures, and what, what I'm going to do first is I'm going to lay a foundation to prove that we can trust God. God. To trust God we have to believe that He is reliable. And that's in we can find that in Second Thessalonians three three. Let's go there. Second Thessalonians chapter three, verse three. Verse three it says, But the Lord is faithful. He is faithful. Who shall establish you and keep you from all evil? Faithful is trustworthy. God is trustworthy. His word says he is. Let's see, one thing that I think we really need to get settled in us before we can even believe that he is trustworthy is we've got to really get it settled that this is the truth. This is the truth. We've got to know that we know that we know. It's got to be past our head, head and into our spirit that this right here is the truth. Period bottom line because this says that the lord is faithful okay let's let's go on to the next one that he is the truth that's found in john 14:6 John chapter 14, verse 6, says, Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. Jesus said that he was the truth and the life. So we have to believe that he is the truth. We have to believe he is reliable, that he is faithful. He has never, ever, when I look back, been unfaithful to me. He's always told me the truth. Then we have to know, also, the third thing we have to know is that he has the ability to do what he said he will do and we can find that in Genesis 1 the very first chapter first verse in the Bible it says in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth if he can create the heaven and the earth he is capable of taking care of me he has the ability to take care of me And the fourth thing that we have to have settled in us is strength, is that he is strong enough. Isaiah 45, verse 5, it says, I am God, and there is none else. There is no God beside me. That's what God said about himself said that he is God and there is none beside him. So with those four scriptures, that tells us that we can trust God. We can trust him. We can trust him with our life, which is our destiny, our purpose. In Numbers twenty-three nineteen. God said that he is not a man that he should lie. God is not a man that he should lie. Hallelujah. Let's look at Psalms 33. 6 and 7. 6 and 7 all the way through 9. It says, By the word of the Lord we were, were the heavens made and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathered the waters of the sea into together as a heap. He layeth up the deep, the depth of the in storehouses. It says, let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. When we really believe that God is faithful and that we can trust him when he speaks it's already done it's already done it's done in the spirit realm so with these scriptures it proves that God is able to do whatever we need done hallelujah So this next statement, I want you to think about this for a minute. We can trust God in the process, which means fulfilling our purpose, even if it doesn't look like what we think it should, or if it doesn't look like what he said. Can you trust God there? Can you trust God when it doesn't look like what you think it should look like? Can you trust him when it doesn't look like what he said? Hallelujah. Because in Genesis chapter 22, this is the story of Abraham. Genesis 22 Abraham's been taught on a lot here, here lately. Genesis chapter 22, verse 2, God says, And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon the mountains, which I will tell thee of. He told Abraham to go offer his son as a burnt sacrifice. That does not look like the promise that he spoke to Abraham. Because in Genesis 15, let's go there, Genesis 15, 4 through 6. Says, And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell me the stars, if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it unto him for righteousness. See, Abraham at this place was thinking that this other man, a steward in his house, because he doesn't have any kids, children yet, was going to be the heir to the, to the promise. And God said, no, that's not how it's happening. But then it goes on in Genesis 17. You know, God gives us a word, and sometimes they don't come to pass immediately. It takes a while. I don't know how many years was in between this, but it was several. Genesis 17, in verse 6, I mean verse 5. It says, neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, for But thy name shall be Abraham, for a father of many nations have I made thee. He changed his name to Abraham right there. He still didn't have any kids. But God says, I have made thee. I have made you a father of many nations. So it's already done. As far as God was concerned, it's already done. He is already the father of many nations. Even though He hasn't seen any results of it, so when God speaks to us about our situation, it's already done in the spirit, but there is a process to bring it to pass. There's a process to bring it into the natural manifestation of it and in verse sixteen. He said, and I will bless her, which is Sarah, and give thee a son. He said, a son. He didn't give him several sons by Sarah. He says, I will give you a son. And I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be of her. Then it goes on down into verse 21 says, but my covenant will I establish with Isaac, which Sarah shall bear unto thee. So that's the word that Abraham had to stand on right there. Was God told him that Isaac would be the son that the covenant of many nations would come through. But he didn't know the process involved putting him on the altar as a living as a burnt sacrifice. But see, Abraham trusted God no matter what the process looked like. See, that's where we miss it a lot. He trusted God no matter what it looked like. You know, I've heard God had God tell me before He says, if it doesn't line up with what I said, I'm not done. So if God has spoken to you about something, a situation, a lot of times he'll show us this is my calling for you. This is what I want you to do. This is where you're going. But if the process, but he doesn't tell us the process it's going to take to get us to that place. So when he speaks a word to us like that, we have to be willing to go through the process to get there. Because if, if we we have to trust God in the process to get us from point A to point B. I mean He'll show us where, where we're headed. But he does not show us all the things that we're going to have to deal with to get there. Hallelujah. And one of the things that I've seen when God speaks a word to us, hell comes after it. When God speaks a word to us, A word of victory. The devil comes after it. The devil doesn't come after a dead word. He comes after a word that's got life in it. He comes after a word that's got victory in it. That's why if we pick a word out of here that we we want for our situation, the devil's not messing with it. It's got to be a rhema word that God speaks into our life. And that's the word that the enemy will come after. Mark 4:15 says that Satan comes immediately for the word. But in verse 20 it says, Those that receive it, those that take it, the word will bring forth a harvest. So we got to take that word. When God speaks that word, we got to take that word. And we got to hang on to it no matter what comes our way. Hallelujah. Psalms 9, 9 and 10 says that the Lord would be a refuge in times of trouble. Those who know God's name will trust him, and God won't forsake them. The Lord would be a refuge in times of trouble. Trouble is in the process. We all have trouble in the process. We all face things in the process. But when we trust God in the process, then he pulls us through. He pulls us through. God uses the trials as the process to develop trust. You know, we wonder why we have to go through things. Well, it develops trust in us. If we never had to face anything with God, would we really trust him? Could he prove himself strong if we never had to deal with anything? We could never... Amen. Amen. Because we hear people say a lot, and it's just, it's really, they say it flippantly, I trust God. This is going on, but I trust God. But when we trust God, there's more involved to it than just saying, I trust God. There's considerably a a lot more involved in it. Because God does not translate us from point A to, to point B. We don't get to skip steps, as the apostle says. We don't skip steps. Julie made a profound statement when she was teaching the other day. She said, don't let the reason rob you of the season. Don't let the natural Your feelings, your emotions, your logic, stop the process. Because that's what gets in the way. When the process starts, when God is moving you from one place to another, there will be a process that you're going to have to go through, and our feelings will get in the way. They hurt my feelings. Our emotions will get in the way. And if you're a, a thinker, logic will get in the way. This can't be God. God wouldn't do this. God wouldn't allow this. This must not be from him. <laughs> Hallelujah. In Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. We don't lean to our own knowledge during the process. That's what we have a tendency to do. We have to trust God when we don't understand. Let's look at Psalms 37. Psalms 37, verse 4 and 5. It says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. We see this scripture a lot on plaques and things. People quote it. Delight thyself in the Lord. You know, when you look up that word, it doesn't mean to jump up and down and shout and be happy. Actually, that word delight means to be pliable. That word delight means to be, means to let God do what he wants. That adds a whole nother meaning to that scripture. Delight thyself in the Lord. Let God do whatever he wants with you and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit, which means trust. Trust thy path unto the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. See, we have to let God do it his way. We have to let God do it his way. Hallelujah. You know, when the children of, uh, of Israel come upon Jericho, God had a plan. He had a purpose. He had a process to take the city. It was to march around it One time a day for six days, and then seven times on the seventh day, and then shout. But the whole time they were marching, they were to keep their mouth shut. These are men of war, these are men of battle. But that was God's process. That was God's process. And I'm just seeing that the reason he had them do that is because they're men of war, men of battle. If they had just took the city, they, they would have gotten credit for it. They could have took credit for it, but because of the way that it happened, they couldn't take any credit for it. It all went to God. They had to trust the process. They were being ridiculed and taunted from the from the wall. I mean, this wall was wide enough to have chariot races on top of it, so the people that they were coming against were, you know, they were slandering them and everything else. but they had to trust the process to take the city. Hallelujah. Just give you praise, Jesus. Jeremiah 17, 7 through 8 says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord, for he shall be as a tree planted by the waters that spreads out her roots by the river and shall not see when heat comes, when pressure comes, but her leaves shall be green and shall not be careful or anxious in the year of drought the year of drought, when that, the natural doesn't look like your word, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. So when we trust God in the process, we are that word planted actually means transplanted. We trust God in the process to get us from point A to point B. He transplants us by the river of living water. He transplants us out of doubt and fear into belief. And God wants us to trust Him to the point that we don't have any borders or any walls put up. And uh, this is another statement from Sister Julie. When she was teaching we want to ask God, why? When something happens, we ask him, why? There's a difference in asking him, why? Because you want an answer. When you, go to the, when you go to the altar and you say, God, why? What is causing this to happen in my life? There's a difference in that why, in just looking up to God like, why? I'm such a good person. Why is this happening to me? There's a difference there. when we ask that kind of why we're not trusting god in the process we're actually building a wall it's like years ago and it still happens you know when god would tell us to do different things here in the ministry i've had to run i've had to jump for no great for What I would think was no reason, had to dance before God. But you just got to do it when the Spirit prompts you to do things like that. When you say, Why? Why, God, why do I have to do this? Why do I have to run? Why do I have to jump? Why do I have to do this? That's building a wall. Between you and God. That's stopping the process. Hallelujah. Because the process will get you out of your comfort zone. (laughs) The process will get you out of your comfort zone. Deuteronomy 30, 19. God said, I have set before you life and death. Choose Life. See, there is life in the process to get you from point A to point B. But sometimes we don't see that life. It looks like death. It's what it looks like to us. But it's like a seed that's been planted. You can't see what's happening to that seed. That seed is planted. We don't see the results of that seed being covered up with dirt until it bursts forth out of the earth, till the life comes forth in it. A little trivia: Did you know it's always coldest right before daybreak? It's always coldest right before the sun comes up. And I've always wondered, why, it's, why is that? To me, like, it should be the coldest when the sun is the farthest away from me. But it's not. You can watch it. I've watched it on the temperature. that It's coldest right before daybreak. Did you know the greatest desire to bail out Of the process is right before the breakthrough. (laughs) The greatest desire for us to quit is right before the breakthrough happens, right before the sun comes up. right before when the pressure is applied and it keeps intensifying and you get to that place to where it's like, I just don't know that I can take it anymore. It's hang on. It's hang on. It's hang on because that's when the breakthrough is fixing to come. That's when the breakthrough is fixing to come. Psalms 80 verse 5 says weeping may endure for a night but joy comes in the morning hallelujah you know it tells us after we put on the armor of God it says when we've done all to stand to stand that's what that's talking about when you've done everything you know to do you keep standing you keep standing You keep standing, and you stand some more, and you keep standing. Every, I don't know about all ministries, but I can tell you every minister that's in this ministry has had to go through this process. We're people just like everybody else. We've just chosen to stand. We've chosen to hang on. We've chosen that when God spoke a word and said, this is where I want you, that no matter what it looks like, no matter what comes against us, we, we hang on to that and we stand. And then the breakthrough comes. Hallelujah. An apostle mentioned it earlier. She's talking about we come together. The Bible tells us to meet together. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. And one of the purposes for that is to help each other stand. The purpose for that is so that when I'm going through something, Kobe can come hold my arm up. When you're going through something, I can come along and hold your arm up. That's what it's for. That's what the coming together is for. That's why we come together. It takes stamina and strength to stand. And it's going to get, I don't even like to say it, but it's going to get worse. It's going to be harder to stand because the Bible says it even... If it was possible, the very elect will be deceived. So we're going to need each other. We're going to need some stamina and some strength. I don't want anybody in here to think that they don't have something to help somebody else with. Because you do. I went to, uh, Pastor Dunn and I went to see Miss Wander and Mister Yo-Yo here the other day. I just tell you, we carried communion over there to them. and it helped me as much as it did y'all. Because it it's like we do that on the first of of every the first Sunday of every month. We try to have communion. Well, I I know it's important. But I see it sometimes it's kind of like to people it's just a ritual thing that we do. But when I talked to Mr. Mr. Yo-Yo, the reason I done that was because when I went to greet him Sunday morning, he saw it sitting over there, and he was looking forward to it. And then we went to their house. they said, "We look forward to that on the first of every. The first of every the first Sunday of every month. He lifted my hand up by doing that. We look forward to this. He just lifted me up. So we have something for somebody, even if we don't know it. So if you need strength and stamina to stand I want to invite you to come down and we're going to pray for you we're going to lay hands on you because it's going to take it in these last days hallelujah (laughs) hallelujah give you praise Jesus Hallelujah Just give you praise Jesus
0: Thank you again for tuning in with us If this word ministered to you please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed in Jesus name.